Welcome and good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And the first thing I want to say is, you know, in the spirit of the season, Merry Christmas to all. Um, we're going to have a little lighter show today. There will be some politics, but um, we're going to kind of highlight a town that is special to me. You know, I live in Clovis, which I consider to be a special place, but if I had a second place in California to live, it would be Kingsburg. Before we get there, a um, couple opportunities to get involved. Uh, January 3rd, we have the Clovis chapter of Constitutionalists for California, a meeting at 6.30 p.m. It's at 1123 Railroad Avenue. And then January 4th, we have the Kingsburg chapter of Constitutionalists for California. That one is held at also at 6.30. That is at 15,000 Rose Avenue. And that is a business planning meeting. Um, it would be an opportunity to get to know people, but it, we're not going to have a speaker. It'll be a little different format. It'll be more about fleshing out the plans for the year. Um, as you know, it's a group that is dedicated to educating people about the Constitution, about inform- not only having them informed, but moving them to action. Our, our form of government requires citizens to have responsibility because freedom doesn't work if you don't step up and take part. It's not enough to just put your blinders on and go, everything's going to be fine. Somebody else will handle it. Please get involved. You know, we're coming up on a time of year where we make New Year's resolutions. I've already decided mine is going to be to be the most effective advocate for my beliefs that I can. There are too many people in government that don't seem to believe in freedom. And COVID and critical race theory, I think, have both illustrated that. Critical race theory, the, the, the whole idea that they're not your kids, and that is one portion of it, that the government needs to tell us what to think rather than let us figure it out. COVID in that all of a sudden doctors don't get to have protocols or choices, it comes down from the top. Local government, um, some of them stood for freedom and some of them gave us a lot of tyranny. So wake up, folks, get involved. Please join us at a meeting, even if we're not our group. Meeting with like-minded individuals is inspiring. You're not alone. Today I'm joined by somebody that lives in, in, again, my second favorite town, Laura North. Laura is the mayor of Kingsburg, and you're also in education. Yes, I'm a principal in Kingsburg. Well, cool. Uh, what uh, level of school? Currently, I'm at, in Kingsburg, we're grade level schools instead of K-8 or K-6. And so currently, I'm at Washington Elementary, which is preschool, TK, and kindergarten. So all the little ones. Three to six-year-olds. It's fun. I, I would bet. I'm sure they have their meltdowns, but mostly kids that age. Are, are just fun and positive. And happy. I, I tell people I work at Disneyland. <laughs> what a great way to look at that. Mm-hmm. You get to go to Disneyland for work every for day. Sure. I do have a couple questions that are not as much fun. Um, as a lot of you know, there was some controversy in Kingsburg. And how does Kingsburg feel as a community after the whole controversy with the flag issue? And, and that can just be, have, have most people kind of, mended fences? I know it's a fairly tight commute, tight-knit community. 
Um, I might have more narrow view because I am um, on the council that made some decisions there. So from my perspective, I don't know that there were a lot of fences to be mended because the decisions that we made that night were as a voice for the community and what the community was telling us that were their wishes. Okay. That's fair. Um, that same person that seemed to cause a lot of that controversy, Jewel Hurtado, um, she then got in trouble and had a DUI. It has not gone to court, so she's not convicted. So to be fair, um, we don't know what's going to happen with that. But the fact that the DA is moving forward tells me that it's probably a pretty solid case because knowing the DA personally, um, they don't tend to go forward with cases that they don't think are strong because they are simply overwhelmed with issues right now, with cases to deal with. So they only take the ones they think are stronger. If Jewel is replaced or is convicted, um, what does Kingsburg do? Do you know? Actually, I um, we've kind of stayed clear of a lot of that conversation as a council um, to let her have her day in court for those decisions to unfold. When we look at Kingsburg's charter, and that's what we would go by, um, it does have mention of breaking the law. It's not very clear. It also it, is your question: um, What would we do if that was a vacancy? Do you know yet? No, the charter is not clear because the charter that um, we have in town was written before we went to districting. So I know that there will need to be some language that's firmed up in there. So I don't quite know what we would do. Okay, well that's fair. I can I can <laughs> leave it there. Um, If, if that leaves you with less members, do you have somebody you can appoint or step in for a while? Because that leaves you with four, four voices on the council rather than five. So you easily could have a, a tie break, you know, a non, a, 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 boy, I'm not articulating this well. I'm getting better at this, folks, but some days are tough. Um, it would leave you with a situation where maybe you couldn't make a decision. So I know in the past um, when there was a vacant seat, what they did do, um, a past council, I was not part of it then, they did appoint. Okay. They um, had a meeting and people could come and talk about why they should be on council and then it was up to the members up there to appoint someone until the next election. But that was before districting. So now, um, I don't know what that would look like. Would it be just based on her district? Would it be at large? Um, so those are all questions that would be um, needing to be answered. Okay. On a more positive note, um, part of what I like about Kingsburg is the sense of community. It's so tight knit. The whole, the majority of the businesses, it's all centered around events and things that happen on Draper street. And one of those things that we've still got a little time to go see is that Christmas display. Absolutely. It is gorgeous. If you walk down our main street, which we did um, a few weeks ago, it was actually the Friday after Thanksgiving, um, we do the lighting of the Christmas tree. And we start at Memorial Park. So it's the big park that's right by the high school. We light one tree there. And then we walk down Draper Street singing Christmas carols. And we go to the main, the main Christmas tree that's right in the middle of Draper. 
and we light it and Santa comes and talks to the kids and there's a huge line. It's full of lights. Um, there's Christmas trees on every corner that are decorated by members of our community and it's community driven. It's, it's a gorgeous display. So it's not a, a government display or is it, I mean, do people sponsor portions of it, put it up themselves? Cause I know that as I've walked around town where I see all the different dollar horses, there's plaques that say sponsored by, and that little garden area is somebody that did that. Is the same thing happen with the Christmas display? Yes. So the city does partner. We put um, trees up, but the decorations are done by a few individuals who sponsor, pay for everything, and do all of the hard work um, in decorating those trees. And they look different every year. There's about three, usually on each of the corners. And um, so it is a partnership, I guess you would say. Okay. Well, that that's kind of encouraging because I don't think the government has all the answers and citizens need to step up and work with government. It makes them part of it, and that's important. How much longer will people have to, to see this display? Um, probably until January. I'm not sure when then we'll take it down. Okay. Well, I, I think getting out and having a stroll and seeing Christmas lights puts us in a different headspace. And that's important. One of the things I didn't talk about was today um, I will be delivering a bunch of socks to the homeless um, through, I am not totally in charge. I believe it's both the Pavarello House and the Fresno Rescue Mission. Um, several grassroots, freedom-loving groups joined together, and we gathered somewhere in the range of 1,200 pairs. So that's a start for the first year. I, I think we can do better. And so I'm kind of excited to go down and, and do that. It's important that we give back. And I see that as part of my Christian faith, but also it, it just changes your perspective. You know, we think that we're giving to help others, but when it happens, when you put in that time, you end up helping yourself. Absolutely. Now, you brought two different perspectives, and you, you brought up a point before we started the show. Um, the governor just talked about how he wanted all the kids to have boosters. And I know this is stepping a little away from Kingsburg, oh. but how is Kingsburg going to handle that? Do you know? So it's, um, it's not kids having boosters. It is that he made an announcement yesterday that all healthcare Got it. workers I need to have my boosters. Wires. And I believe he announced by February 1st that not only do they need to be vaccinated, but to have that booster. Um, so the second thing that he said yesterday was, um, and this, I don't want to sound negative, but it is negative. It, it always happens when educators are on a break. Um, he announced that all students um, he would want them to have one to two COVID tests before they come back to school for instruction. So this was announced yesterday, which is a couple days before Christmas. Uh, all educators are on vacation. They come back on January 5th in Kingsburg, and that's the same day I come back. And so he never said mandatory. He never said required, but his... Um, the language that he used made me think that it might be. And so I don't know what's to come in the next week or two weeks, just changing the guidelines, changing the rules, 
constantly without our input or without notification gets frustrating. Well, he acts as if he's royalty. Um, <laughs> I often refer to him as King Newsom because none of the, the rules for thee apply to him. Um, he's not my king. <laughs> well, he's not my king either, but I, I jokingly say it because I, <laughs> I think people need to realize that there's good governance where governors or basically anybody that's to elected office you realize that they should have the heart of a servant they are basically accountable to the people and so many of them have decided that they're not Um, particularly on the left they've decided that if we use the bureaucracy portion of the government that that's the way to control people and that's kind of sad because I think that for most decisions people should have freedom. Absolutely. And in my day job as a principal, it gets very frustrating because I am in a public school setting where um, when these things roll out, um, we are so inundated with these guidelines, mandates that um, we have to implement in order to keep our kids in school because we saw what happened when they weren't in school. We, they need to be in school that um, it is, it's doubled the workload of every, every educator um, where it takes the focus off of what really matters, and it's the education of our students. Um, well, I, remote learning doesn't work. Absolutely does not. And um, It might be slightly better than nothing for some kids, and the only kids that seem to be pretty successful at it are the kids that would be acing it anyway. Absolutely. And um, I am a principal of little kids. So when we did have the shutdowns and it was all remote and I had brand new kindergartners um, in August a year ago, we had to fully go remote with kids that we had never met in person and teaching them how to use a Chromebook. So if you could imagine that. Um, I see that as just a recipe for disaster Mm -hmm. and a complete waste of everybody's time. We, we managed, we muddled through it. We had a huge learning curve on our end because we had never had to teach um, remotely and we had to learn Zoom and made lots of mistakes. The only benefit, but it was a hardship on, on families, is because I have five-year-olds, they had to have an adult sitting with them the whole time. That wasn't the case for, you know, middle schoolers or high schoolers, so... For my students, they had a parent or an adult sitting next to them helping them, which the only good thing was they got to see um, what we were teaching and how to help their child, but it impacted everyone. Now that they're back in school, um, what COVID regulations are there for kids in Kingsburg? So Kingsburg, um, the regulations in school are set by our Fresno County Health Department, which does have to go by the state mandates and guidelines. So it is not different than most surrounding schools. This year is different than last year. We have less um, things in place this year than we did last year. Kingsburg was one of the very few um, districts in the Valley that did open last year in October under a waiver before everything was shut down. So we had we had students on campus all year, um, but we had all students starting October 19th um, a year ago um, through all of last year. Then we had to have masking. We had to have social distancing. Um, imagine having to social distance 
five-year-olds and teach them not to share. They couldn't share anything when those are the things that we should be teaching kids. That was difficult. This year, it's different. We don't have to do all the temp checks. Um, They're supposed to do the COVID questions that everybody's supposed to answer at home for self-screening. We, the kids wear masks. Um, We don't have any social distancing except in the cafeteria. They're supposed to be three feet apart. Um, So now we have picnic time where we have some kids sitting outside at picnic tables, which they love. They're five. They think that's the best day when they get picnic time. But it's so that we can social distance inside when they're eating and not wearing a mask. So, How well did one mask work with kids that age? Um, Well... I'm not a scientist, and I'm not a healthcare worker. Um, I am an educator. I do know that the sad thing is because they're five, they don't know any different. It's their first experience in school. So they're pretty good about keeping them on their face, somewhere on their face, not necessarily over their nose or over their mouth, or, you know, we have to tell them not to suck on them. (laughs) And um, So I don't know the effectiveness of them, I do know that our kids are very well behaved with them. They don't, they don't question wearing the mask because all of their friends are wearing them, and it's it's all they've known. Whether they were in preschool last year or their first experience in school, I do know that as educators, it is it is hard for us because being their first experience in learning their letter sounds and and how to pronounce them, it's really hard if you can't see the teacher's mouth. And it's really hard if the teacher can't see the student's mouth to make sure that they're um, learning their letter sounds correctly as the foundation for reading. Well, a whole lot of dealing with health is about assessing risk. Very few kids are at any real risk from COVID, whether it's COVID-1 or whatever variant we're on, um, I think we're really lucky with Omicron in that while it seems to infect a ton of people, it doesn't seem to hospitalize people and it doesn't seem to kill people. Um, As of a couple days ago, this is a two-day-old stat, one person in the United States had died of Omicron and 10 had died worldwide. Well, I'm betting that in the hour it takes to film this show that more people worldwide by probably by a hundred times, die of cancer, die of car accidents in that hour worldwide. So I see Omicron, instead of something to be afraid of, is, is a blessing. We should be having COVID parties for anybody that's not vulnerable because they keep telling us natural immunity is better than these shots because these shots only deal with one aspect of a virus. And natural immunity deals with multiple spike proteins would be a very simplified way of saying it and has better memory. It seems to last um, people that have been tested that got COVID-1, not COVID-2, not the current COVID, um, seem to have significant immunity to COVID-2. So we have a population and a news media that's trying to freak us out about Omicron and a president who is saying it's going to be dark. Well, I think he's profoundly wrong, and he's been profoundly wrong from day one on so many fronts. I don't know about a COVID party. 
I do know that um, in the perspective of my students that COVID-1, which I did get, even though I was around all these little kids, I did not get it from little kids. Um, this is not first variant. This is 10 years ago or so. Oh, okay. I had That's it, COVID-1. That's another. Okay. I had it um, a year ago in November. So you had COVID-2. Okay. First variant. Yes. I can't keep track of which variant we're on. I don't even know. Is it Omicron? Is it three, four? We're on Omicron. Four. Okay. This is three. Four. So Three that um, have hit in a big way. There are actually more than that. So I, um, I do know that, so COVID-2, um, my students weren't getting it. The five-year-olds, they weren't getting it. I had very few that did Or they get had it. no symptoms. Or they were, yep or they were asymptomatic. Um, I do know the Delta variant um, has impacted my students um, a lot more um, where they get like a runny nose or a cough or because they've been exposed, whether it's in their classroom or at home, they find out that they have it only because of a test and they were asymptomatic. So I am seeing it more with our five-year-olds, but our five-year-olds get sick because they've never been around this many kids before, this many germs, and um, it's it's very normal for kindergartners, TK kindergartners, preschoolers to um, have their first year or two of school to get a lot of colds or, or sickness. I do think that um, the responsibility for how you um, approach COVID. Um, I wouldn't go to a COVID party, but I believe that I should have the right to do what's right for my family and the responsibility should be on me to do what's best for me and for my family and shouldn't be up to other people. In the past, they had absolutely chicken pox parties, things like that. Or those that weren't vulnerable. That's why I suggested that. I had a chicken pox party for my kids. Yeah. Um, We're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Welcome back, folks. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I am joined by a local government official. She resides over a small little town kind of a gym in the valley, Kingsburg, California, and she is the mayor. I am joined by Laura North. Thank you. So what makes, because you've now been with Kingsburg Schools for how many years? I just completed 10 years with Kingsburg Schools. So you're pretty familiar with what's going on. What makes it a unique place at the schools? So I've had experience in other school districts. I've been in education for 25 years. And what makes Kingsburg unique is um, the size. Also, we're grade levels, so we keep our kids together. Instead of having neighborhood schools that are split up throughout the whole town, we keep our kids together, which also keeps the grade level teachers together where they can plan a similar curriculum for the kids, um, no matter which classroom that you're walking into. The biggest thing in Kingsburg is that we're charter. And charter means that we don't necessarily have to go with what the state curriculum is mandated. 
Um, we, as long as we are making our growth, we write it into our charter, which has to be approved by um, the county and by the state. Um, which comes up, I think, every six to seven years for renewal. As long as we're making our growth that we need to be making, then we're allowed to make those educational decisions for our community and our students. Okay, so you have a little more freedom. A lot more. A lot more. Well, that Mm -hmm. is good. I Mm -hmm. wish you had a little more freedom. You know, the idea that if masks work, why did we need to social distance? Now, I don't believe masks work at all, hardly at all. And definitely not in a children's situation. Social distancing, there's studies, and that seems to work somewhat. But if you're in an enclosed space for a certain amount of time, it doesn't matter so much. Um, it is sad that that happened, and that's one of the things that I think will scar our kids for years to come. I agree. Um, that is truly sad. What was the city of Kingsburg's response? You, know, you were at the helm. What did you guys do? How soon did you reopen? Uh, I know it was earlier than a lot of places. So um, I was not the mayor when the March date hit of the beginning of the pandemic. I was on city council. Um, We had to go remote with everything, um, which was through Zoom, but it was audio. And so navigating something that there was not a blueprint for was difficult and to know what the right thing to do um, when I think many people were panicking in the beginning when we did the two-week shutdown which is um, getting close to two years I think mm-hmm. now maybe we're real close 19 20 months in um, so I think at the beginning everybody was like okay this is serious we're gonna do our part and so um, we we listened to those who were supposed to be the experts, and um, everybody, I think, stayed inside and did what they were told um, to keep healthy and keep safe. Um, well, then they kept extending it, and our conversations um, for city council, we had many special meetings to decide what were we going to do as a city. And what statements were we going to put out? And um, I will tell you, it was really difficult being a leader um, when there was no precedent set and knowing what the right thing to do for our community was. Well, the, the first couple of months, there were a lot of questions. A lot of questions and but, not a lot of answers. Right. But from my perspective, by four months in, I went, this isn't working. Now, I had a little more insight because I spent a lot of time looking at what's happening in Japan. I have several friends from Japan and they were telling me what their government was doing, what choices they were making. And I'm like, well, then we're just living in tyranny because they didn't completely shut down. Businesses still went. There there, there are things they did, but they had a different approach and they had so much lower numbers. Hmm. Yeah. And Kingsburg, our numbers were very low. And um, so what we did was through our discussions is and and also looking at our sheriff and many of the um, things that she said as far as um, we have enough criminals running around that were let out early, that that needs to be the priority of our um, county and our local um, police agencies 
that they were too busy fighting crime where we were not going to detour them to police people that were trying to keep their business open so that they could feed their families. That was something that we um, said in many of our meetings that we said you need to be responsible and make the right decisions for your business. We're asking you to be safe and we're not going to come in policing you because we're too busy um, following true crime and handling those criminals. In Clovis, what they did at the May 8th meeting was basically they said, go open your business, and as long as things aren't egregious, we are not going to be the enforcement arm. What happened in Kingsburg? We did exactly the same thing. Those were the the exact words. Okay. Yes. Yes. As long as it wasn't egregious, that um, they needed to do what was best for their business and their families. Um, The pandemic was hard on everybody, and the last thing that we wanted to do was – cause families more um, angst, more stress, or lose businesses. We actually opened 11 businesses during the height of the pandemic. In well, that's town. because so many surrounding towns decided that they just needed to completely shut down. And then they used their police departments as an enforcement arm. So how much will those business owners want to stay? How much will those business owners respect the police when... They weren't even allowed to make a living in a lot of those surrounding communities. That happened in the community we're sitting in right now in Fresno, where they had a group of power-hungry dictators. And that's me saying it. I know that's not you, Laura. That's me saying it specifically about the Fresno City Council. They're awful. And they're not accountable to the people. And they don't seem to have any compassion for business owners here. And so I'm... Pleased to see that Kingsburg took the same route as Clovis. Um, you have a different feeling about government when you realize that they have empathy for you. I think that it makes a huge difference when, um, and I can speak for myself, I feel called to the position that I'm in um, as a servant leader, and I call I feel called by God to serve my community. And If that is my calling, then I am going to have empathy and I'm not going to want to do anything that is going to harm them. And I was born and raised in that town. I love Kingsburg. It's my first choice. Clovis might be my second choice. (laughs) And so when you are um, with the business owners and you know them, you know their children, you probably have their children in your school, you look at things a little bit differently. It's almost like it's a village rather than just a town. Yeah. In other words, that closer, yeah, closer knit teams are a good word Mm -hmm. for that. Well, sadly, that was missed in a whole lot of California. Um, In a lot of places, there seems to still be a, I don't know, an overall fear. When you make everybody mask outside, and there are places in the Bay Area that make you mask outside. That's crazy. Uh Uh-huh, and people are taking it. Or like Santa Cruz told people that indoors, in their own homes, they had to be masked during the holidays. Now, Santa Cruz, I thought, was pretty libertarian. Apparently, all the libertarians lost their spines because nobody's going to tell me what to do inside my own home. Who's going to police that? Who's going to come knocking? (laughs) 
agreed. And I think most people will do what they choose to do. Mm-hmm. But if a politician thought, that's what they could tell us. And we have a, a similar example in the First Amendment. Um, you can protest. Well, King Newsom decided when some of the first protests went to the Capitol, he used the highway patrol to arrest a bunch of people for peacefully protesting. That's not a fact that everybody knows. Um, I know a couple people that were arrested for not causing trouble, not making threats, holding signs, and assembling to peacefully protest decisions by King Newsom. It's a sad commentary. Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and take one more break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Today I'm joined by Laura North. She is the mayor of Kingsburg. Um, And I think Kingsburg is a special place. So we're going to kind of give you some details about the neat place it is. There's great places to eat. There's events. Um, it is unique in that in that little downtown. How many churches are there? Just downtown. Just downtown. Um, if I had to guess, probably about fifteen. And that says a lot about their community. Now it tends to make it a conservative community. For me, that's a good thing. But when people are grounded in faith, they tend to be more moral, which means they're attempting—not often failing, but attempting—to do the right thing to all their surrounding citizens. And I think that is one of the important parts of faith is it provides those guide rails and makes you focus on something larger than yourself. What's it like living in a town with 15 churches right right there just in downtown? I know there's more than that. Well, I don't know anything different. I was actually born in the Kingsburg Hospital when there was a hospital there. I did live in Visalia for a short time and Fresno of even shorter time and went back to Kingsburg, I feel very blessed to be raised by this community and the ability to give back. Um, I feel like I use the word team. Um, We're a village, but a team comes together um, to win, and a team comes together in times of crisis, and I feel like our town is a team. Um, Do you want a few examples of that? I would love some examples of that. Okay, so I do know that one of our biggest um, nonprofits in Kingsburg is called KCAPS, Kingsburg Community Assistance Program, and um, which is like a thrift store and a food pantry, but they do so much more. Um, Ida, who is one of the ladies. She's still there. Oh, she's amazing. She She was there when I was in Kingsburg, I think 20 some odd years ago. She's a very special lady, and the programs that that team has developed really meets the needs of pretty much anything anyone would need in Kingsburg. She partners with our schools. She will go with me on home visits. Um, Anything that um, we need as far as counseling, free counseling, um, help with bill payment, um, job experience, working in the thrift store, um, kids who got in trouble. Like when I was the junior high principal 
if they needed to do community service hours with mentors, they could we could partner with them there. Um, it's an ama- amazing organization in town um, that really helps pull us together, um, especially those that are struggling. And it also gives you an opportunity to give back if you want to help. They have an annual food drive, which involves our entire town, including all of the high school and junior high kids who go door to door. What time of year is that? It is right before Thanksgiving. Right before. So it just okay. passed. And we stock up their pantry. Everybody gets a bag on their doorstep to fill many, um, fill more than one bag. And the adults volunteer, drive the teenagers around. They load up trucks. Um, there's a group that is at KCAPS that is stocking the shelves. And it's really a community event. Um, a few of the other things that I that have been more new um, since the pandemic. Well, let me start. make a point about, okay. about KCAPS and, and then you can go on. Okay. Um, it is, I've been in the thrift shop. Uh, I've met some of the people. I think they're doing something that government can't do. Um, that's really important. In a representative republic, which we live in, it is so important to help your community. I don't think the government has solutions. For instance, government has set up a situation where you can be on welfare and essentially it becomes almost a tyranny of low expectations. Those that listen to Mark Levin will, will get my reference there. Um, they're not expected to do anything. They just get this money and they're not really given a way out. And private organizations like KCAPS um, provide a way to better your life, to change your situation. And I don't think that government has very many solutions on how to change situations. I think it's private organizations, often through churches, though not exclusively, that provide that way forward and provide that opportunity for a better life. They love people where they're at, and they give them a hand up, not a handout. And they teach them um, skills that they need in order to provide for their families. Mm-hmm. And it makes them unique. And can you imagine if you had to do that same job as, as part of city government? Could you do it? Um, I would figure it out. Well, I'm glad you believe you can. I don't believe that government can. Maybe at the, a small town level, I don't believe at a larger level it can really work. We had to figure out um, how to provide meals for our seniors when everything shut down and they couldn't come to our senior center, which is run by the city. And uh, it was an uh, instance where government had to figure out what to do and to help provide for those who couldn't provide for themselves at that point, literally could not. Well, and needed um, needed help. And so KCAPS partnered with us and together with the city and um, our fabulous staff and KCAPS were able to take care of those that, that needed that help. Well, so. that's great. Now, you said there were some newer organizations that were helping in town. There were new, um, some new, um, I, I don't know if, new celebrations, events that occurred out of the pandemic. And um, the one that I think kind of makes our town unique is um, when we had people that passed away during the pandemic, um, it was very sad that their lives were not being celebrated because you couldn't gather or um, you had to find ways to gather or, you know, you couldn't in funeral homes. And so 
one of the things that we ended up doing to um, especially honor our veterans was during um, that time we would line the streets on Draper Street and there the procession would go downtown and um, like it makes me emotional thinking about being there they would do the 21 gun salute out in front of City Hall as their families passed and then stopped and could see the community come around them as they were mourning and celebrating the life of their their loved ones that they lost and we're continuing with that now even though you know we can gather once again because it um, it shows the value of their life and what they sacrificed for us see that's kind of a special thing very special um, I went to one of them I've only been to one but um, there was a CFC member that passed and was honored that way mm-hmm. so constitutionalist for California mm-hmm. um, so I went down to that one and it was a special event um, one of the things that surprised me is how big your car show went. It went from a decent-sized car show to what happened. You filled the side streets, too. What happened was we were the only town that decided to do a, um, a farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we where you're have, going. We couldn't have festivals. So, you know, we did have food vendors and farmer's markets and... I believe we might have been the first and the only ones at that point to open up and have an outdoor event, and it was packed. It was it was a beautiful sight. It was amazing. I went, yes, yes. You enjoyed yourself. I went. I enjoyed myself. I always enjoy myself mm-hmm. when I go to Kingsburg. And that's in um, April. Okay, is so when that happens. April. April, and then May we have the Swedish Festival, which we also did, mm-hmm. and some amazing food there. Yes. So even if you're not interested in the rest of the festival. There's some specialty things. It's worth going. And it's a three- to four-day event also. So it's also lots of fun. We do our um, our band concerts in the park. It looks like a Hallmark movie. When you drive by that park on Thursday nights, we have um, during the summer, it's for about three months, we have a farmer's market. Uh, there are vendors out there. But everybody brings their lawn chair, and you listen to the band. And so that's at that little amphitheater? Yes. Okay. It's, it's beautiful. I've never been with the band, but I've been for other reasons. Yes. Um, they tried some movies in the summer that went okay. Mm-hmm. We may have to try that again. But Everybody's at the pool is what happens when they do the movies at the pool in the summer. <laughs> that makes sense because mm-hmm. it was a little, little hot out there till the sun was down. Mm-hmm. We also did um, July 3rd during the height of the pandemic. And I think we were the only ones that might have done the fireworks show um, at that point. We did it different where it wasn't in the stadium, but everybody took their chairs to the park or lined the streets. We closed down streets um, so that we could celebrate um, the 4th of July in our town like we traditionally do. I remember watching film and they would from from a plane they would just pan across the LA basin mm-hmm. you know and they were also told that they were not allowed to have fireworks and i thought that it was truly inspiring that they literally lit up the sky it was probably the biggest show ever right and it wasn't government that did it it was individuals that went you're telling me i can't in- 
I, I don't have the good sense to light off fireworks and enjoy my family. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of tyrant that we have as a governor. And yet he somehow, be, largely because of L.A. and the Bay Area, survived the recall. Um, wake up, folks. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't follow his own rules. But it, it was encouraging. I'm, I'm glad to see that Kingsburg had a fireworks display. Clovis didn't, but we did have a May event. We had an antique show. Um, and it was extremely well attended. You know, thousands of people. And yet Clovis seems to have extremely low COVID rates. You know, we took a different path. Um, I don't think anybody can argue that a different path can work when you look at what happened in Florida where they largely experienced freedom and yet have lower COVID numbers than most of the country. Hmm. You know, they have an older population. They have a diverse population. They have rich, they have poor, and they have a multitude of ethnicities as well as lots of people that would be old enough to be considered to be in the vulnerable category. They just took a different path. They isolated the vulnerable, and they largely let freedom reign otherwise. And I wish California would have done that more, but at least there was a few points of light here in the Central Valley, and I'm glad that Kingsburg is one of those. I know that faith is really important to you. Absolutely. How does that change your perspective as an elected official? Well, I never thought that I'd be in the category considered um, as a politician and um, found myself in that role. And faith is the cornerstone of of who I am and the decisions that I make. Um, There have been a few times when I've had to make decisions where I thought, What if the decision that I'm being called to make would conflict with my, um, my beliefs, my, my foundation? Um, I have not had to make some of those hard decisions yet. Um, it means everything to me and it means more than being an elected official to me. Well, it should, (laughs) you know, that, that just tells me you have your priorities straight. In this season, why are you hopeful? Because really, um, as a Christian, this is a season of hope. Um, Why are you hopeful? Are there things about your community that make you hopeful? Are there things about your family? I live in a community that the majority are are believers in, in Christ. And I think that makes your your town different. I have a lot of hope because of um, the love that we have to offer each other and how we help each other. Um, I have hope that um, during this trial of the last 20 months that there has got to be something good to come out of it. Um, I don't believe that we'll be taken through something without being able to see the fruits um, at the end of this, and I don't know if it's more fights for freedom um, to wake us back up in order to step up and do something about it or what's going to come out of that, but um, my hope is it's, it's, it has to be better than what we've had this last 20 months. Um, I think we demand it. Absolutely. 
And I don't mean demand like a child. I mean our rights were enumerated and given by our creator yes. and then written down in a document called the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And we need to be educated about those. And aside from the people that don't believe in freedom, and there are certainly some of those in the United States, um, all of us are Americans and we should not allow ourselves to be divided by race, by age, frankly, by vaxxed or unvaxxed. And there does seem to be a party establishment that wants to divide us. And I'm really pleased to see that there are more and more points of light. Um, I consider those points of light to be points of hope. And we're starting to wake up. Please get involved. A new year's coming. Make it your resolution to get involved. Laura, thank you for your time. Thank you.